0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trail Blazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You'll listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube, thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday. It's Monday through Friday. So, make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Blazers dominate the Sixers. A real deal blowout, perhaps their first real deal blowout of the season, where there was garbage time on the court, able to play the end of their bench because they're dominating a team. Their biggest win of the year by margin, uh, just just a dominant final three quarters, particularly those middle two that kind of decided the game. What a what a push! By the Blazers uh, to, uh, to take control of this game. Uh, we will recap that one. We'll talk about the real deal blowout, cel- celebrate a little joy in the Blazers. Um, you know, you, you, dear Blazer fan, deserve the team just to play, just to punk a team one night tonight. They bunked the team Monday at the Moda Center. And then uh, I want to close the show talking about Joel Embiid did not play in this game. There is some talk about how he is, you know, very likely to not be eligible to win the MVP. Um, I want to share some numbers why I think it's complete and utter nonsense. Why Joel Embiid will, will probably will very likely keep himself off the ballot. Uh, we'll let's we'll talk a little NBA minutia to close the show, but let's do what we do. Blazers win 13104. A dominant showing 13104. And they were bad early. That's the best part of this game. They're down 28 20 after one. Now the Sixers are playing without Joel Embiid they're playing without Tyrese Maxey uh, they're playing he's missed a bunch of games but um Maxey has rather but like they're they're playing without DeAnthony Melton um Tobias Harris who missed Saturday's game is ba- it was back for them on Monday. He was he was under the weather. The list is questionable but, but decided to play and the Blazers get their complement of players back. Amphrey Simons is you know off off the injury report. Malcolm Brogdon who was the only player on the injury report who was who was likely to play in this one. He's playing with that knee soreness. Jeremy Grant, Jabari Walker, Deandre Ayton in the starting line. If you get you got Scoot Henderson and at all coming off the bench. This is basically the Blazers for, you know, until Shaden Sharp gets back and that we haven't heard an update. Maybe we will hear he's supposed to be reevaluated like today or tomorrow. I would assume tomorrow. Cause it's an off day. We'll see. We might get an update. You never know with the blazers and uh, medical updates, but I would assume uh, we'll get an update, but this is like, this is, you know, as healthy as uh, pretty much close to their full health uh, before shade and sharp returns, but they're down 28, 20 after one. And, I thought Anthony Simons played about as bad as he could possibly play to begin this game. His first four and a half minutes were just... He was bad. He was bad on offense. He was really bad on defense. They were hunting him, and he was giving up points, and he was turning the ball over, and he was just bad. It was bad. He was struggling, and it's like, oh, no. Ant is having another stinker game, and they're going to lose to the shorthanded Sixers team. Uh, and, And like to be totally clear, I watched these games thinking about the pod, so I'm like... Oh no. Like we don't need to do this again. Uh what am I going to talk about if they just have if they play like this game um and they're down 8 at the end of one and they just come storming out in the third quarter. A, a 38-27 they outscore the Sixers in the second quarter to take a 58-55 lead into the break. But they had 22 points in the in uh in the paint in the second quarter. 22 points in the paint. And uh, they also hit six free throws. Like, they just they just went, they absolutely went in there and dominated. Uh, took a couple non-paint twos from Jeremy Grant, but, you know, you get, they hit three threes in the quarter, they dominate with 22 points in the paint, they get to the free throw line, 38 points, a, a huge second quarter to take a, a three-point lead, 58-55 in the break. Jeremy Grant, 20 points in the first half. They're rolling, right? Like, the, the offense is rolling, uh, and and if they if they keep it up and they real kind of realize the Sixers don't have frontline depth you know Paul Reed is a fun player but he's like 69 um he's not going to protect the rim um they're long at the on the at the wing spots but they're not like big rim protector type players and they just like don't have that with no with no Rocco and particularly not Joel Embiid it's like those dudes aren't there and the Blazers just were relentless particularly getting Jeremy Grant coming off curls and getting him into the paint and in the third quarter they did more of the same the Blazers outscored the Sixers in the third quarter, changed the game from a three-point lead at halftime to a 17-point lead after three, 94-77. A dominant middle two quarters in which they scored 74 points. And they did it by attacking the rim. Uh, 40 of those 74 came in the paint in the middle two quarters. they, They just got downhill relentlessly, up 17 in the, in the after 3 and they never trailed by fewer than that in the fourth quarter uh Malcolm Brogdon and, and Deandre Ayton stayed on the court for the first 5 minutes of of the fourth quarter but then it was it, it was over the final 7 minutes of the game the ball game was decided when DA and Malcolm Brogdon got pulled out uh, of the game Jeremy Grant never got back in. Amphrey Simons never got back in. They, they just they played the end of the bench and Scoot freaking dominated and tw- had 20 in the fourth quarter. And the Blazers cruise to a 130-104 win. That's your fastest recap in the West. We 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 spent a little longer on it because we needed to appreciate it. Uh to the box score. Jeremy Grant had 27. Um oh, hold on. I may I missed this in my run through. Jeremy Grant in the third quarter. A, a decisive third quarter that, that Blazers blew the game open and went and and, um, and made made this made it made it a route from a close game to a route. Jeremy Grant went 0 for one. On a, on a two. <laughs> Didn't attempt a three-pointer. Seven points on seven of eight shooting from the free throw line. He just got to the rim and got fouled. Uh, the Sixers got into the bonus early in that third quarter with about six minutes left, seven minutes left. And and Jeremy Grant said, cool, I can draw non-shooting fouls. All I got to do is just get fouled and I'm going to get free points. And he did. 0 for 1, 0 for 0, 7 for 8. An incredible seven-point shooting line in the third quarter for Jeremy Grant. Um, he finished with 27. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was 7 of 13 from the field, just took two three-pointers, 12 of 13 from the free-throw line, five boards, three assists. Uh, he was he was really good. DeAndre Ayton continues to roll, 18 and 6 in this game in 31 minutes. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 24 points, five boards, and nine assists. He was really good, 10 of 14 from the floor. Uh, Ant, this is not a very good Ant game. He's Like I said, the first four minutes were so bad. He was so bad in those first four minutes. Uh, he he had finished with 15 points and six assists. He was 1 of 7 from three assists. Uh, um he was he made all of his twos though five of five inside the arc but he was he just didn't shoot well and he was really getting picked on early on defense and turned the ball over a little bit um only finished with one turnover but just like had some ba- had had some bad plays to set it up too i thought he um that it was not your best Anthony simons moments by any means um off the bench, Scoot Henderson, 22. 20 of those came in the fourth quarter. Uh, I will say, he, didn't, he, he hadn't played particularly well in the opening three quarters, but he didn't have any turnovers. Uh, he had two points and no turnovers. Uh, 22 points, got to the free throw line, took seven free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, Blazers finished with 29 free throw attempts. Uh, last two games, they got to the free throw line just uh, against the Bulls. They couldn't make any shots. In this one, they do. 12 of 28 from three. Not a ton of three-pointers because they were getting into the paint, but you make them. That's 43% from three. Uh off the bench, Tumani Kamara, six, uh, Matisse Diable, three, duop five scoreless minutes for Murray and Chris Murray and Ryan Rupert and Taze Moore doing what he does, gets in there and scores. Every time he plays, he gets a bucket, two points and an assist in his four and a half minutes or five minutes rather. Uh, Kelly Oubre had 25 for, uh, to lead the, Sixers, uh, 11 for Paul Reed to go with six boards, 14 for Pat Bev, Tobias Harris had nine, uh, three for old friend Nicholas Batum off the bench, Marcus Morris had nine, uh, and a bunch of other dudes play. I will say, at the end of the game, Ricky counseled the fourth plate. I don't know who Ricky counseled the fourth is. I do now. He had two crazy dunks, crazy dunks, crazy dunks, one, a, a cockback slam, one, a, like, just like, a, pulled his... Pulled his his, his right arm way back and slammed it like just a, a full on right-handed punch and another reverse dunk in transition. Um, I don't know who Ricky Council the fourth is, but get him, get him in the dunk contest because the dude can fly. He um, was fun. And like Scoot Henderson was cramming the home dunks on the other side. And it's like, all right, <laughs> like, uh, this is an entertaining fourth quarter good job everyone way to play along we need in blowout games you need a little entertainment and uh, Ricky counseled the fourth and Scoot Sterling Scoot Henderson really really got it done um, let's let, let's talk about appreciation uh, let, let's hold on to our joy a little bit and celebrate this one because this was a legitimately entertaining game let's let's celebrate a little bit in the second segment before we do that I want to tell you about quiz they want to I want to reward you for knowing about hoops. This episode is brought to you by Quiz, and it's Quiz with Three Eyes. It's the next generation of trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for my Locked on Blazers fans, they got an NBA quiz game just for you where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. How it works, you sign up, you can just uh, play with your friends or other fans, you let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quizwith3eyes.com, app.quiz.com. Start playing today. Go to that website, app.quiz.com. Sign up with an email address and you play in real time and against uh, head-to-head competition. And if you are faster and more knowledgeable about sports, about the NBA, that's what I was playing, you can win money. It's, it's it's pretty good. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge where. For fans that live and breathe basketball. So go check it out. Go to app.quiz. That's quiz with three eyes. App.quiz to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, take home cash prizes. App.quiz.com where fans become champions. All right. This game was fun because they were just really good. Uh, the Blazers hadn't, the Blazers' largest margin of victory uh, prior to this game was back on December 26th when they beat the Kings by 17, but that game wasn't like, that game got out of hand at the very end, but like, the Kings played their dudes down the stretch. That wasn't a blowout. Like, it was just like, okay, they're up 12. Oh, 17. Okay. Like, it turned into a rout, right? Like, it wasn't particularly competitive when the final horn sounded or whatever, but like, Prior to that, the four, there was competitive moments in the fourth quarter. There weren't really competitive moments in the fourth quarter. There was never, you know, like I said, they were up 17 after three. The the, the Sixers never got closer than 17. Like that was it. The it, the margin just swelled from there. Blazers led by as many as 30. Excuse me, as many as 31. Uh, like they rolled on them. They rolled on them, and you got to celebrate. And JG got to watch, and you got to have the end of this. The end of this game, like. If you're if you're a new listener to the program, uh, one of the big tenets of this show is that you should hold on to your joy, uh, and and what that means is that when when good things happen to you in life, specifically and broadly in life, but but what we applied here to basketball, like when good things happen to the to the team you root for, or or, or just to, you know the people that you love, you should hold on to the your joys. You should embrace those moments. You should you should you should sit, you should sit with things that you like because. Right around the corner, there's some stuff you don't like that's just going to wait to ruin your week. So when they do play like this, particularly coming off the, the, the I thought Sunday's game against Chicago was pretty deflating because it's like, well, if this is what they're going to look like, and Scoot Harris is not going to play very much, like what, what are we, what are what are we, the viewing public supposed to enjoy about this ball club? But then they have this game where it's like. Jeremy Grant just was awesome and got rolling and they stayed with him and they They didn't like give him the ball at the top of the key and say, like, go do your thing. They used him as an off-ball player for the most part and then they leveraged all those double screens. They set two down, he's in the corner, they set two down and he comes up uh, off the screens. Really common action, you see it across the league, but it allows him to... Go out to the three-point line. It allows him to curl into the paint off the catch. It allows him to, you know, catch that three-point line and just immediately flow into a, to a side pick and roll. Like it, they spammed that action a whole bunch to get Jeremy going, and they couldn't, they they couldn't exactly figure out what to do with him. And then when they got worried about it, they ran the something similar uh, for him and. Then, uh, with an added wrinkle, where, coming out of a timeout, every Simon set a back screen, and they threw a lob to DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton's dunking home, dunkin home uh, lob dunks, dunking home alley-oops. DeAndre Ayton's had multiple dunks in back-to-back games. He's had three straight games with at least 18 points. He's starting to play well. Uh, let's talk about Scoop for a moment and get back to the Vets. I think one of my frustrations watching this team is that I just want Scoot to do more. I want him to have more responsibility. I want him to do more with the full understanding that he's going to struggle. <laughs> and I don't think he played very well in the opening three quarters. Um, you know, quite frankly, if, if it had gone another way, I don't know that Scoot makes the show. <laughs> we might have just let him. We might have just, he might have just he'd been, uh, we said, okay, and Scoot finished with four points on uh, two of nine shooting. Okay, bye. Like it would have just been like, we. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, sat with it too long. But 20 points is a lot. It's most by rookie in any quarter this season. Um, this is, you know, a, a lot of it is, is coming when the game is decided. You're playing against the backups. Backups because the Sixers are shorthanded. But, like, this is an NBA game where Scoot Henderson got to dominate. And the what he needs right now... Is is not for us to put caveats by it. And you should put a caveat by it. He scored most of his he finished with twenty-two uh twenty-two and four dimes, uh, and, and a couple steals and and a block. And most of it came in the fourth quarter when the game was decided. But it but at this point for Scoot he just needs to see the ball go in. He needs to see himself get past people and get to the rim. He needs to see himself hit a three-pointer, which he which he hit three of. He needs to see himself get fouled and get to the free-throw line, which he did for seven free-throw attempts in the fourth quarter. Like, he just needs that positive reinforcement of, even against low-level pros, I can be good. He just needs moments where he can put it on film, and and not even put it on film, right? Like, I don't know that you, like, go back and watch, like, Okay, well, when 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 Furkan Korkmaz and, and Daniel House were at the end of the game, and uh, well, like when when Jaden Springer and Turquavin Smith were in there, how did how did I get past how did I get past T like uh, uh, Wolfpack legend Go Pack? Shout out to my uncle Matt. Uh, but like, that's not really what I'm. I'm not talking about like putting it on film for the benefit of him when he sits down and watches film with 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 Poo Jetter and, and Scott Brooks tomorrow, like which he often does. You'll see him pregame. Uh, like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the the confidence that he can build. He just needs to build low confidence. This is a great game to build confidence and it's fun. Like it's fun for us to watch this game and watch him like have this quarter where it's like, well, against this level of competition Scoot is his athleticism is is too much. His, you know, his his he can, you know, get a shot off comfortably and get to the rim and find a rhythm and when you find a rhythm you're more confident shooting. When you're more confident shooting, you're on balance, you're thinking about the rim, not thinking about your feet and your elbow and all those things like It's, he needed it and he got it and it felt it's, it's, it was, um, to me, that's, that's useful. If I was really nitpicking, I'd tell you how many minutes he played in the first three quarters, but I'm not doing that. I'm not nitpicking, (laughs) but if I was really nitpicking, I'd tell you how many minutes he played in the first three quarters. Um, let's go back to the vets. I talked about kind of my frustrations with this. I want to see Scoot do more, knowing full well that he's going to struggle. Some of that is because the vets are also struggling, and it's hard to stomach when you score 94 points, go 6 of 33 against the Bulls, to be like, well, you know, he, they got to play Malcolm Brogdon because he's better. I think he is better, and they they I understand why he's playing. I'm not confused. It's not a puzzle to me. It's not a puzzle to me why Jeremy Grant plays so much. It's not a puzzle to me why Scoot Henderson watches when the vets play. It's not a puzzle to me why Tumani Kamara has lost his spot in the rotation. I... I... I've watched the, enough of the NBA and understand the rhythms of it that it makes total sense. But I don't enjoy it. I'm not supposed to enjoy the logic. Or maybe I'm supposed to enjoy the logic. I don't enjoy the logic. I just, I, 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 I accept it, but I I don't, it isn't, I'm not rah-rah excited about it. I'm, I'm mostly annoyed. <laughs> I'm mostly annoyed. So in games like this where Jeremy Grant rocks and Malcolm Brogdon rocks and DeAndre Ayton gets rolling, it does become much easier to stomach, like, this is why you're playing these dudes. And, you know, I, at least from all the reporting, it sounds like Jeremy Grant's going to be on the team after the, after the All-Star break. Sounds like DeAndre... I know DeAndre Ayton's going to be on the team after the All-Star break. Like, these dudes are part of at least some version, like, small, small timeline. Like, they're going to be part of the team, uh, depending on what sort of how long you stretch it out. Get you know you want them to play well and get rolling. If this is your front court of the future, which I can't be, but like, because I'll, I'll lose my mind. But like, if this is if this is the front court of the near future, it's like I got no problem with. It, it is much easier to stomach when Jeremy Grant plays well, and it's like, oh yeah, duh. And when Malcolm Brogdon plays like this, and it's like duh, and when D.A. has, you know, he's now four straight games scoring 18 a game, he's averaging at 18 18 and 10 at one point in his career. This is who he should be every night. And if this is who he is every night, then it's like, okay, it is so much easier to, it's so much more palatable to watch them play well. You know, they're not going to score 130 a night, but hopefully they're not going to score 94 every night, right? Meet in the middle is like, right? The league average like 115. Uh, Score a lot of points in the NBA in the modern world. Um, Like, It just for it's fun, and then it makes it 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 causes me, someone who spends a lot of time like thinking about how will I discuss this team, to be less whiny, and we all need that in our lives. Is for me to whine less, and 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 moreover, like Jeremy Grant played well and was enjoyable, like just like a relentless rim attack game from Jeremy, a relentless rim attack game where he took two threes. Malcolm Brogdon, steady as ever, makes makes his three pointers. Um, you know he was you know, throwing throwing lob passes, getting Jeremy Grant involved, just like he was, he was that steadying presence. Ant wasn't very good tonight. Um I would it would be palatable if Ant was a little better, but he's you know, he had coming off four two two really good games, followed by two pretty bad games. Um so like something to look forward to, I guess. But I I will just say like I appreciated this game. I had fun. I had fun watching them play well and then I will remind myself of all the little things I can complain about here. It's like, don't, don't for a night. Hold on to your joy. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Because it's fun. And, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I encourage you to do too. Uh, the next game is against the Bucks and it's the Damien Lillard reunion and it's, 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 it's going to be emotional and weird and all of those things. And that might be its whole, a whole other thing to deal with. And then, you know, the trade deadline in the back half of the season might have, bring all of um, a million different pitfalls, right? So right now, If you listen to the podcast, say like, man, it was fun to beat the snot out of someone. It was fun to beat the snot out of another basketball. To watch the Blazers beat the snot out of another basketball team. So the final seven minutes were everybody emptying their bench. So the team that I like, the the Portland Trail Blazers, could could just, like, cruise to a victory, could get their biggest win of the season, could lead by 31 and cruise into the final seconds while they unload their bench and say, Taze Mori, you go, go crazy, man. Like, like, who cares? We won. We dominated. Hold on to your joy. Okay. Uh, J- Joe LMB did not play in this game, and he is probably on track to not be, believe it or not, to not win the NBA MVP. He's averaging 36 points per game, he's scoring more points than he than he's playing minutes. Wilt freaking Chamberlain. He's not going to play because of a dumb rule. Let's talk about that dumb rule, and I got a little I got a little history lesson for you to tell you why it's so stupid. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, I want to tell you that today's show, this episode, is brought to you by Better Help. If you are thinking about starting therapy give better help a try therapy can help you find your strengths so you don't have to say you know what sometimes this time of year is like oh i don't i'm not holding on to my new year's resolutions i failed skip the resolutions therapy can help you find the tools and find to cultivate what makes the best version of yourself. Regularly talking to someone, whether you're dealing with an acute traumatic event or, you know, just the routine maintenance of trying to get better or work through things every day, our everyday lives... Therapy can help you develop those tools. It can be super beneficial, or it can just give you a thing to hold on to, some furniture in your week that you'll know you'll be able to sit with. And BetterHelp is convenient and flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule because it's entirely online. All you do is fill out a, a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on N-B-A. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book. And as we head into the Super Bowl, a couple weeks away, it's a fun time if you were a first time fan. First time uh, user to check out fanduel.com slash locked on if you place a $5 bet or more but up to $5 bet a minimum $5 bet and you win well, they give you 200 bucks of bonus bets to play with and then you can just get wacky with Super Bowl week, betting on a bunch of player props. You can make um, you know, a live bet during the game, whatever you're looking for. If you don't want to bet on, the, on football, well, that's cool because they got every other sport you're looking with, including basketball games each and every night. So why not go to fanduel.com slash locked on to check it out. Place your $5 bet and get $200 in bonus bets to play with. We're heading into the Super Bowl, baby. That's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Still a pass-first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Joel Embiid has missed 12 games now after sitting out against the Blazers on Monday evening at the Moda Center. He also missed Saturday's game under... cloudy conditions maybe ducked Nikola Jokic because he's scared so maybe he's had out this game to make it look like he's not scared I don't know if he's scared he might have a knee injury all I know is that they should have put him on the injury report on Saturday because when they didn't put him on the injury report and then he didn't play it looked bad for everybody it's embarrassing for all the whole the whole team I make I, I talk about this with the Blazers a bunch and I'll say it with the Sixers too like the people who who Give out the public information. If you give out bad public in- information, it is a disservice to the players on the roster. Be as forthcoming as you can. And maybe Joel Embiid said, "Don't put me on the injury report. I want to play." And they held him out. Held him out. That's at least what ESPN, Ramon Shelburne of ESPN, reported. And and that might be true. So maybe it's it's more than I know. But. Well, I know it was a bad look. It's bad look on Saturday when he didn't play, and then that knee injury held him out again, um, for what the Blazers are call- or what the Sixers, excuse me, are calling left knee soreness. He didn't it, soreness. He played. Um, he did not play this evening against the Blazers. The Sixers are heading into a back-to-back. They play the Warriors on Tuesday, so we'll see if he plays. If he doesn't play, it would be game 13 that he missed. You can only miss 16, excuse me, 17 games. You have to play at a minimum of 75 games to be eligible for end of season awards that's all NBA that's the that's MVP uh defensive player of the year I don't think he's going to win that but like Joel Embiid is at worst the second best center in the league he's like at worst the fifth best player in the league or something like that like he's freaking great but if he doesn't play that many games he probably shouldn't be MVP that's pretty normal i got no problem with that and guess what Neither do the history of MVP voters for the sport. The league setting an arbitrary line for where players can qualify makes no sense. If Joel Embiid only plays 62 games, I believe the voting public, I don't have a vote, have never voted for MVP, uh, even when I was a full-time, did this full-time, worked for the paper or whatever, Um, like, I don't have a vote. I'm just like a dude with a microphone at this point in my life. It's a nice mic, dog. Uh, But I trust the voters could easily say, Shea Gildas-Alexander's been better and he's played more games. Kawhi Leonard's been better and he's played more games. Luka Doncic has been better and he's played more games. Nikola Jokic has been better and he played more games. You're a three-time MVP. Congrats. Like um, It is, I know that they will because I followed this league a long time. And I looked this up. According to my research, thanks to StatMuse for this, only three three players have missed in a season. You know, there's been shortened seasons, so doing it by games missed is probably there's been shortened seasons over the years, and the season used to be shorter back in back in the Bill Russell day, So it's like uh, g- total games missed. Three MVPs, three MVPs over the last forty two years, forty five years, excuse me, have missed more than ten games. Joel Embiid missed 16 in the 22-23 season and won MVP. Allen Iverson missed 11 games during the 2000-2001 season and won MVP. And Bill Walton missed 24 games in the 77-78 season when he got hurt. The Blazers were 50-10 and coming off a championship and won MVP. Other than that, a handful of guys have missed 10. They've played in 72 games. MVP voters for 45 years have self-corrected when dudes don't participate and just said, yeah, that's not the MVP because to be most valuable, you also have to be available. Availability matters. What the league is doing is trying to mandate that you play in big games and play on TV and make the shareholders happy and make, quite frankly, betters happy as well. Like, gambling certainly has something to do with it. Television rights has something to do with it. Like, it's it's all baked in there. Um, But, like, I, I, I find the artificial threshold to be totally unnecessary because if Joel Embiid plays in 66, you know, it plays, excuse me, but yeah, sc- plays in 66 and not 67 games, fine. Or excuse me, 64, not 65 games, I'm screwing up threshold. Fine, fine. I don't care. I don't care he would if if he's deserving he'll he should be able to win it because the voters should be smart enough to see it I don't even think like I don't know that he was like he's not a shoe-in for the MVP for me I don't like I don't he would certainly be on my ballot the way you do it when you have the media ballots get a top five he'd be on my top five no problem I'm not 100% sure I would put him over SGA and Kawhi Leonard right now today and depending on where the where the Nuggets finish, like if they end up winning the West, and and, and which they certainly could if they get hot in the final you know thirty five games, easy easy money. Yeah, like Jokic could win the MVP. He's been he's, he's been good again. He hasn't been as as wild as as he has been, but has he been great? Absolutely. Like I I don't I'm not even making the impassioned case for Joel Embiid to win the MVP. I don't care. <laughs> I have no rooting interest in and in JoJo getting more hardware. But it does seem to me that the NBA season will be a farce if he is not on an All NBA team. When you look back, this stuff matters, and you'll say, "He averaged thirty-six and, bl- and thirty-six and eleven, and, and like, and played thirty-three minutes a night, and put up thirty-six and eleven, and he wasn't on an All NBA team. What happened? Oh, there's rules back then where there were thresholds, and so, uh, <laughs> so instead, like." I don't. I don't even know what what the big men would be because they've got rid of the centers. But it's like this. Like a yeah. That's how Jamal McGlure, McGlure made the All Star team. Shout out to my man. Like it's it is. It's just. It's it's a nonsense threshold that makes no sense. Um, it's not going to impact any of Blazers this year because they're not going to win awards. But in the future, if you there's no reason for an artificial threshold. Trust the voters to decide. For 45 years, they've got it right. For forty-five availability matters, and everyone freaking agrees. And how I know that is the history of voting for this stuff. So, Joel, hope you get healthy. Hope you play. You're fun to watch, even though if you're, your style can be a little grating at times. But like the watching. Tyrese Halliburton limp out to play the Blazers a couple weeks ago with a coming back early after nine days from a hamstring strain. Now he's going to miss more time because he came back early. Do you think he came back early? Cause he's eligible for a super match max extension. He's going to lose like something like 35, $38 million by not, by not making all NBA team by virtue of not hitting the 65 game threshold when he is far and away the best point guard in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I think that's nonsense. I don't. And I don't like messing with people's money. Um, Yeah. Rant over. Show over. Guess what? We got fun ones tomorrow! Show's not over yet. We gotta plug some stuff. Uh we are doing a locked on Blazers locked on bucks crossover tomorrow, talking about Damian Lord's play in Milwaukee, his return to Portland, what it all means to both sides and what we can look forward to in the arena and what, and, and you know, the doc rivers era started tonight. Um, it's going to be a blast. Uh, do not miss that show. That's going to be in your feeds on Wednesday morning. And then on Thursday morning or Thursday, Thursday night, for audio listeners late at night, video listeners in the morning. Um, that we will recap dame's return to Portland so two dame heavy episodes to follow first a preview uh talking with folks who've watched him every single night and, and and chronicled his first season uh with in the with the bucks and then a fun one talking about the return um' I'll, I will be in the arena and tell you everything bring you everything I can from that game so um come back and listen to the show tell your friends to do the same I appreciate you listening I'll talk to you soon.